What is up, everybody? Mikey CLT here from Bar Down Breakdown, letting you know that our 100th episode is going to be dropping exclusively on the Hockey Podcast Network on January 27th. We will be joined by special guest Derek from the amazing pop punk band State Champs. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on all our socials so you do not miss any of our amazing episodes. We are so pumped that we have made it to episode 100. And to thank you, we are running an Instagram contest where one lucky winner can win a Steez brand snapback hat. So head over to our Instagram and enter our contest. Also, if you are just hearing about Bar Down Breakdown, make sure you go and check out our 99 other episodes where we have had artists who have been nominated for Grammys, all the way down to artists who are unsigned, where we dive into the crossover between alternative music and hockey. So make sure you go and check out Bar Down Breakdown wherever you listen to podcasts, brought to you exclusively by the Hockey Podcast Network. Hello LA Kings fans and welcome to episode 14 of season 2 of the Kings and as always presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host Jordy Cunningham and before we get into everything to talk about LA Kings this week, I we do have to say hockey is back. You know who else is back? The return that we've all been waiting for. It's finally here as the Kings' most notorious icons is finally stepping back in the octagon this Saturday. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the UFC, is giving you a free slot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with first deposit. If you haven't played yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances takedowns and more there's no better way to put your mma knowledge to the test than compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes plus don't forget about football playoffs where DraftKings has even more money up for stake this weekend go tom brady and the bucks DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience go bet on your la kings as well by the way, download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the weekend. That's promo code THPN for a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit as eligibility restrictions reply. See DraftKings.com for details. Again, that is promo code THPN. Episode 14, Season 2 of the Kings Den. As always, before we get started as well, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Kings Den THPN. Of course, I'm your host, Jordy Cunningham. Don't forget to follow me at Cunningham Jordy on Twitter or at Jordy underscore Cunningham23 on Instagram. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network. Of course, we're presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. And follow them on YouTube for all of our great video footage around the network 
at the Hockey Podcast Network. And follow us on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content, including After Hours and much more. So definitely go check us out on Patreon as well for just $1. Just search the Hockey Podcast Network. Episode 14, Season 2 of the Kings Den. One game to talk about here on this episode as your LA Kings fell 3-2 to the Colorado Avalanche last night in Game 3 of the season. But honestly, before I even get into that, I do have to say I'm bearing the lead here. Yes, we're going to talk about this game, but on this episode of the Kings Den, we have the Blue Notes boys joining us later. Tom Franklin, a man named Wags, they're joining us. Great conversation with the Blue Notes guys. Their first time on uh, on the Kings Den, I went on their podcast. They came on mine. The Blue Notes guys, they're awesome. You're going to really enjoy the conversation as we preview the first two games of the season between the LA Kings and the St. Louis Blues coming up this weekend. Back to back, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But let's get into this game quickly between the Kings and the Colorado Avalanche. Very slow start for your LA Kings. Very slow start for your LA Kings. Colorado was just dominant. Of course, they're coming off splitting against St. Louis, which included an 8-0 win. Just too many turnovers in the first few minutes for the LA Kings. It seemed like a million in the first few minutes, but one led to a goal in the back of the net. Brandon Sods first as Colorado Avalanche made it 1-0 early on. Cal Peterson started in this game his first start of the season, of course, since coming off the COVID list. And, you know, the fourth line was reamped in this game. Matt Luff, Michael Amadio out, Liz Anderson, and uh, Carl Grundstrom in. And I really like what they brought to this four- fourth line in this game. They brought a lot of energy, especially after not a great start to the game. The first the first period was the tail of two first periods. The Kings were sloppy and not good in the first two minutes. And then they turned it around. And the, other, the second ten minutes of the first period were a lot better. And a part of it was the energy that this new fourth line brought and they did a really good job it was too bad that Grundstrom got hurt in the second period but I thought Anderson had a really good game in his first game as an LA King of course they were on that fourth line with Trevor Moore again they replaced Luff and Amadio and I thought that Grundstrom and Anderson looked really good again really too bad that Grundstrom got hurt we'll have to see what happens we don't quite have an update yet but we will see what happens we'll get an update I really liked what that fourth line has and we'll see what head coach Thomas Holland has in line for that line so LA down one nothing after one again the last 10 minutes better than the first 10 minutes in the first period then you go to the second penalty trouble for the LA Kings absolutely killed them we know how good this penalty kill has been within the first two games but when you get in penalty trouble like this it's it's gonna hurt you especially when you're facing a team that's gonna be that a lot of people have winning the cup this year and already have a very potent power play as four penalties led to two more goals down 3 nothing after 2. The first penalty was an interference call on Jeff Carter. That was not a penalty. The refs, I don't think, were very good in this game. There was a lot of weak calls penalty-wise, especially that one on Jeff Carter. I really did not like that call. But two power play goals led to a 3 nothing lead for Colorado after two periods. There's just honestly not much to talk about over the second period. Just bad penalty trouble really cost the Kings in that period. And... It's something you learn from, right? Sometimes that happens, just one bad period. But then you go to the third period, and the Kings fought hard to come back. You know, in the first in the first two games against Minnesota, they had to, they took the lead, and then they lost the lead in the third period. This time they came back, they fought to come back. It just wasn't enough, though. Early in the third period, Andres Athanasiu, his third goal of the season, an absolute snipe from Andre Kopitar and Mikey Anderson. Athanasiu, the third LA King ever 
and to score three goals in his first three games as an LA King. Also, Mikey Anderson's first career NHL assist on this goal as well. Athasio got the puck, just a great move, time, patient, waited for his waited for his shot, right it right in the faceoff dot, sniped it to make it past Grubauer to make it three to one for the Kings. And then with about, I think it was six minutes ago, Adrian Kempe on the power play made it 3-2. to two. Kopitar with a shot. It actually deflected off Brown, came right to Kempe, who, who wired in in the back of the net. That made it 3-2 for Colorado at the time. The Kings fought hard. Good battle, but it was just too little too late as they did up, end up losing 3-2 to, to, to the Colorado, Colorado Avalanche last night. It was a good hard-fought battle in the second period, in the third period, though, but you just can't have a slow start like that, and you just can't have bad penalty trouble like that. It really hurt them, and, it, and there's a reason why, it, why they didn't win that game. And just talking about it, Cal uh, Peterson's first, just like, he, played, he didn't play bad. Three goals on 24 shots. Again, uh, so many turnovers in the first uh, in the first period. And, you know, it's his first game of the season. And, again, you, you can't really argue it that far. But, like, again, his first game of the season. It's his first real game action since March of 2019. So, on a season debut, he just said it felt really good. We had a really long break, so there's a little bit of rest to shake off, I think. But, obviously, very grateful to be back in the net back playing with these guys and I wanted to get the win tonight too and then in response to like the so, so slow start he said I think we started playing at their pace they're a really fast team and I think we're fast as well instead of sitting back and letting them come to us we took it to them and I think that I think that was evident in five on five play we really did a good job and guys really shut it down to, down defensively they didn't get much after that first goal it's true the the first goal was a horrible start slow start to the game for the LA Kings but then they played a lot better throughout the rest of the game and it was just penalty trouble that cost them in the second period and of course that can't happen but again we'll get to that and then just quickly on speaking of Colorado's power play and how to approach it because Colorado's so quick at moving the puck on the power play Peterson said it's definitely a factor they have a lot of high profile players guys who like to shoot the puck in certain situations they're all guys that are shooters and also playmakers it's one of those things where it's not really each guy that has a designated position I think they all have uh, I think they all have those strengths. I think what makes it challenging is they can score from any area. It's just maintaining depth for me and making sure I don't overcommit and give up a play to the backside. So, again, Pearson, a pretty good game in net for his first game of the season. Again, it was tough for him. Again, that's like a preseason game for him because he hasn't played yet this year. But it was nice to see him back in the net, and I really think he's going to be really good for this team this season, this up-and-coming team. I think Cal Peterson's the future in net for this LA Kings team. And just quickly on head coach Tom McClellan, his thoughts on the game. They actually did flip some lines in the game. Uh, Trevor Moore got a chance with high follow and Kopitar later in the game. That, of course, kind of happened because Grundstrom got hurt, so the full fourth line wasn't there, so they were rotating lines a little bit. But just to that point, uh, Tom McClellan said, we flipped some lines around a bit, retooled those, and I thought we had... We got more aggressive in the third period. We had nothing to lose, so we went after them a little bit more. Our power play moved it around with a little more uh, authority than we did earlier in the game. Quicker, firmer, and as a result, we got a couple. It's still what we're giving up that's concerning, and a lot of it is coming from the penalties again. Again, penalty troubles for this team. That will kill you as a team, and it's something that the LA Kings really have to improve on. But again, they will. They play Colorado again on Thursday. 
So again, this is a good thing about this season. There's not much time to think, and you get to play the same team again right away for the most part. So you get you get to bounce back right away. So again, the LA Kings lose 3-2 to the Colorado Avalanche on Tuesday night, but they get to play they get to play them again right away as they play Thursday night at the Staples Center. And then they go to St. Louis for the weekend. They play the St. Louis Blues back-to-back. And speaking of the St. Louis Blues, like I said, we have the Blue Notes boys on this episode of the King's Den, Tom and Wags. Great conversation with them. So excited to get them on the King's Den for the first time. So now please welcome Tom and Wags to the King's Den. So now joining me here for the first time on the King's Den, the Blue Notes pod, Tom Franklin, the man named Wags. Guys, how's it going? Oh, it's going wonderful. We can't wait to uh, get some action against the Kings. And it's great to be on your show for the first time. I and mean, we haven't had a chance to talk to you uh, really since we joined the network, or at least I joined the network. So it's great to get to know you and get to know a little bit more about the Kings, too. And it's uh, it's a nice day here in St. Louis, you know, for, you know, being January. I think we actually hit 50 degrees today. So that's pretty cool. And uh, I'm just enjoying watching Hockey Troll Meltdown on our uh, Slack because of all those uh, Capitals COVID cases that's going on. I mean, uh, I, I I knew this was I figured something like this yeah. was coming. And here we are. It, including Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, right? Like he must be yeah. losing his mind right it, now. It, it is Ovechkin, Orlov. Kuznetsov and Samsonov. So basically, Ooh. this is basically the best players. Basically, it's going to be, it's going to be all. <laughs> it, it basically, TJ Oshie has to save the day for Washington again. Wags, nothing wrong <laughs> with that. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Oshie, and uh, hopefully, he can lead that team to some wins while the other guys are out. So, just to start here quickly, what has the start of the season been like for you guys? What have you guys thought? How's the start of the season been for you guys? Two and two, one and zero to start the season. What's it been? What have you guys thought early on? Initial reactions. The the song "Helter Skelter" comes to mind um, <laughs> because the Blues really looked good coming out of the gate. You know, winning four to one in uh, in Colorado. The team click. Kyle Clifford scored a goal. Former former uh, Los yes. Angeles King Kyle Clifford scoring yes. a goal. Uh, and they, everything was clicking and everything was working great. And then game two happened and we, the eight, nothing loss and Wags and I have been still trying to figure out what exactly happened there. And we, we even, you know, try to talk it out with the sharks guys on Monday, uh, with the stick hungry podcast and Wags, I, I can't figure it out. No, I mean, we, we talked with, you know, Griffin Young's with the, the Tell It As It Is podcast. Yeah. And we, we knew it was going to be a split in Colorado. Uh, we didn't anticipate it going that way. I actually thought it was going to be two overtime games, and that's not what happened. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this. This is this was kind of what I expected the start to look like. You know, a, a team trying to find out exactly where they're at. They're still integrating new pieces into the lineup. Uh, they were playing in Colorado, and Colorado's used to playing in Colorado. The Blues are not used to playing at altitude. So that had to play a part into that as well we were worried about the goaltending situation with Bennington and Huso losing Allen not ideal um yeah as you saw in Montreal he's still pretty damn good and not having that solid backup definitely put some question marks on there and that's what we we saw in Colorado we you know when Bennington had a bad game you had a guy like Huso come in in his first start or his first uh appearance in the NHL essentially not look so good, but he was also going up against a Stanley Cup favorite in Colorado. So for me, 
I look at it, and outside of the fact it was an 8 nothing game, I kind of expected this kind of start for the Blues. Uh, and then to see them not necessarily struggle against the Sharks, but not look super sharp just yet, does make me a little worried. But it's still four games into the season, so well, I'm not going to get too crazy. In well, my and then mind, the you end. also have to take into consideration... Sorry, I just got to say, just take into Go consideration, ahead. There's no, there was no preseason. So yes. like these first yeah. few games are preseason hockey, essentially. Yeah, you're going to get inconsistent hockey coming out of the gate. I mean, no matter who you are. I mean, and then, you know, kind of to continuing, you know, where Wags left, left off. The Blues really struggled in the first period Monday against San Jose, and they were down to nothing. They were getting uh, – it just they, – they, they still didn't look like a cohesive unit. And then all of a sudden – everything clicked and you know all of a sudden we we, we justin falk scored two goals guys justin falk scored two goals <laughs> um what you, you know things are going absolutely batshit when justin falk scores two goals um it was just it was just one of those games where it felt like that you know and, and to be fair to justin falk justin falk is a guy that you know i think somewhat rightly gets criticized for not living up to the extension that uh, the blues gave him. And, you know, he's always had his kind of, you know, suspects, you know, among the analytical community about just how good he truly is. I will say Wags, Justin Falk, I think for the first time since he was acquired from Carolina, finally looks comfortable in the blues uniform. Uh, it's the porn stash, man. He looks like he's from the seventies. I mean, that, that's really what it came down to. He embraced his inner seventies porn star and look what happened. <laughs> well, it's good to hear that that he's finally like having a good start and playing well in St. Louis. Before I get on anything else, I just got to say quickly about Colorado. Those new blue pants and helmets are straight trash, right? <laughs> you they know, are I, horrible. You know, I wasn't. I, I we didn't say anything to Griffin about it. We obviously, you know, I had you know the the actual games to talk about. But you know, Colorado. I've always liked their uniforms. I don't. I, I'm with. I'm kind of with you. I don't really like their new scheme, though. I, I'm well, not a fan. Well, I'll I'll tell you one thing. The Kings played Colorado last night, and those blue pants look even worse with white jerseys and white helmets. Ooh, yikes! Yeah, See, I just I had like to get up, I just, colors. No, I just had to get it out of the way quickly that it doesn't look good. Well, it's like a darker blue, and it's like, yeah. why? Why haven't they gone burgundy pants? That's what I want to know. And 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 in a year where they're honoring the Nordiques with their reverse retros, yeah. you know, they, you know, and of course, you know, the Nordiques, you know, I have I have that, and I have a uh, white uh, Forsberg in 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 in, mm-hmm. in a Quebec. Yeah, easily top five jersey that I own, and I have a hockey jersey yeah. collection. That blue mm-hmm. is beautiful. And you yeah. know the, the Nordics. Nordics always a very underrated jersey. I feel you know it's in in the pantheon of hockey, and no, it sure. feels like blasphemy when Colorado comes out with those blue pants it, in yeah, a year when they're yeah. honoring them. Yeah, the blue pants just don't look good to me. Like if they have like, and it's like it's not quite like the same blue like as those Nordics retros. Like it's a lighter blue for the Nordics retros, right? Like hopefully they wear matching pants for those and not the, these darker blue pants that they're wearing right now. The only good blue pair of pants I have seen this month was Garth Brooks when he came out for the Joe Biden inauguration <laughs> today, wearing yes. blue je- wearing blue jeans to a black tie affair. I might add, yeah, such a country music move. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but okay. Getting back to the blues here, we were talking about you brought up Falk and the back end, and I just like 
right off the bat, I got to say, how much do you miss Petrangelo? Oh, you want to take this one? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to let you cry in the corner for a little bit, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm honestly not crying about it, but, but go ahead. Yeah. You know, I, I thought we were going to miss him terribly. Um, and he's had a good start for Vegas this year. I, I, it's, it's definitely a shame that he's not in St. Louis, but I'm okay with it. I'm not missing him as much as I thought I would because yes, the defense looked piss poor on, on Friday night against Colorado, but you're allowing a guy like Colton Pareko to take a, a bigger leadership role. You're letting a guy like Justin Falk slot into a position where he's comfortable, not moving around as much, going to be able to play on his, you know, good hand versus his offhand. Um, and yes, the, 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 the bottom three pairing isn't all that it's cracked up to be, but you're getting guys in spots. It almost seems like the pressure pressure is kind of spread out now. Whereas all the pressure was on Petrangelo. You, you knew it. He's the captain. This is the, this is where the pressure goes. Well, now the pressure is kind of spread out among, you know, six defensemen and it's going to allow a guy like Pareko to really rise up. It's allowing guys like Vince Dunn to play a more prominent role in the defensive core, not just on the offensive side. I've actually been very impressed with Dunn's defensive mindset so far this year. And so far. Exactly. So far. And if we can continue to have that rise up and then start adding in guys like Nico McCullough and Scott Perunovich, who's on the taxi squad, if we're going to be able to get those guys in, it's great. You know, we liken it to, and you you might know a little bit about this being associated with the LA market. When Albert Pujols left St. Louis, it opened up a lot of different avenues for guys like Yadier Molina. They brought in Berkman and Beltron and all this stuff. So it actually freed up a lot of stuff for the Cardinals. They drafted Michael Waka. This is the same sort of situation for the Blues. It opens up some doors for guys that may not have gotten that opportunity, allows them to bring in guys like a Mike Hoffman that are going to be here for maybe a year or two. Who knows? But it also allows these young guys to get experience as well. So, yes, we're missing him early on, but I think long term, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And it's, I know a lot of Blues fans are kind of tired of the Albert Pujols, Alex Petrangelo comparison, but there are parallels there, including, you know, the cautionary tale of Pujols where you, you know, give him a big money deal, you know, as he is crossing the age 30, you know, threshold, you know, in a few years, that contract looked really bad for the Angels with Pujols. Uh, I'm not saying Petrangelo is going to have that kind of a cliff. Um, but by year, you know, six or seven, that might be kind of like a, I don't want to say Seabrook bad or, you know, like a Mark on, you know, like a Vlasic bad in San Jose. Um, but he's not going to be an $8.8 million player, uh, later on in that contract. It's, it, it's just a fact. Um, he was a great, he, I think he developed into being a great camp uh, captain in St. Louis. He kind of, it took him a few years to warm up to that role, I think. And he even admitted it himself. Uh, and I, he caught some flack, you know, in St. Louis for, you know, not being, you know, uh, you know, because he was replacing David Backus, who was a very uh, uh, physical, you know, very outspoken, you know, emotional player. And, and, and Blues fans love David Backus and they still do. And there's still some people that think that the Blues should, you know, somehow get Backus back before he retires. I don't know if he's got anything left in the tank, but that's just me. Um, but, but with Petrangelo, you know, he, he developed into a good leader. He was, you know, a very good power play guy, responsible in his own end. He's, you know, I mean, he's, he's a true two-way defenseman. Um, but if the blues, I will say this for Petrangelo, number one, 
it was obvious as the negotiations were going on with between him and Doug Armstrong, there was an impasse. There was a gulf between them two. And we, we later learned that that gulf was the no movement clause and the signing bonus that he eventually got in Vegas. Doug Armstrong was not about that. The Blues GM, he 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 feels that no movement clauses give players more power than the owner, you know, which which he's got a yeah. point there a little bit. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, and and, and with Vegas, they're not going to be able to move Petro when he starts, you know, fading, because I think he's going to, you know, I think Vegas is a great place just in general for a player to end up, you know, no income tax, warm weather, the works, the works. Um, so it was, it was a, it, it was something where I don't think Petro for very, you know, for multiple reasons wanted to, I don't want to say he didn't want to come back, but he definitely wanted to test the waters. You know, he's 30 years old. He's got his cup. Now it's time to get paid. And so he goes and you know, to Vegas and go ahead. And you know, there's nothing wrong with that as well. No. You get to that point. You want to see what's going to happen. There's not a lot of rancor with when it comes to Petro here in St. Louis. I think uh, most Blues fans kind of understand, you know, what was going on yeah. there. And he did help us, you know, get a cup. You know, he's always going to have yeah. that in his locker. But, you know, I will say this as well. If the Blues didn't sign Tory Krug this offseason to effectively fill his yeah. slot, quote unquote, it's not, it's not, it's not apples to apples, but, you mm-hmm. know, to, to add a productive power play guy in Krug if they didn't add him I think there'd be a lot more you know worrying and rancor sure. about uh, losing Petro I think that was a smart move to swoop in and get Tory Krug uh, as free agency was going you know because Armstrong wasn't gonna let Petro wait you know until you know three four days down the road when all the good defensemen were yeah. taken the way yeah. Petro say well I'm gonna sign with Vegas so yeah <laughs> yeah so so no it's 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 I I I, I admire Armstrong for being proactive and also, as Wax kind of alluded to, the Blues have young defenders that are ready to step up. He mentioned Pareko. He's going to be taking on the number one defenseman role going forward. I think he's capable. I think he's ready. Um, you have Krug, you know, aboard for the ride. Vince Dunn, I think, is ready to make some steps in his game. You know, finally, he needs to be more consistent on defense. Um, he was impressive a, in the bubble. He was. He, he yeah, was. Yeah. And it, it was, and and he's always been an analytic starling, and you know he also passes the eye test as well. I mean, he's he's very impressive when he's moving the puck, um, so he's ready for a step up. Uh, Nico McCola, I think, is a guy that is ready for the NHL. He should be playing now, in my opinion. I've been very strongly advocating that the Blues start okay. McCola over the you know aging and frail Carl Gunnarsson, but that's just me. That's just me. <laughs> um, and then, of course, still got Scotty Prunovich, the Hobie Baker Award from last year from uh, uh, Minnesota Duluth. And then you have uh, Jake Wallman is a guy that's been in the Blues organization for a long time. And we've been kind of waiting for him to be like, you know, OK, time to shit or get off the pot, Jake. Mm-hmm. And he had a really he looked really good in training camp and the scrimmage to the point where I think he is he's been skating with like the fourth pair in, in practice, you know, okay. with the taxi squad, you can yeah. roll yeah, yeah. multiple, yeah, yeah. multiple pairings and lines. So he's, you know, if, if the blues get an injury, it's either, I would say probably either him or uh, either Wallman or McCullough that step in at this point. And of course, Portuzo's out. So Gunnarsson stepping in for him, but if Gunnarsson gets injured, which is almost a guarantee because it's Carl Gunnarsson, <laughs> Wallman and Wallman or McCullough will be ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good to know for this upcoming series. Now, I, you, there a lot to break down there. First of all, Wags, you mentioned Hoffman. What is your? You guys got him for like 
four million dollars one year great contract a pto to start like that shouldn't happen for a guy of that caliber like <laughs> you guys are just just kind of stole him eh well people were keeps kept saying well how do you give mike Hoffman a pto this is outrageous he's a great player he should not be subjected to a pto <laughs> look they had a contract in place they yeah, just they had, had yeah. the, the blues are in cap hell right now with the yeah. COVID cap a lot of and they are, yeah. and they had to play with, you know, the LTIR mm-hmm. shell game yeah. because Alex Steen's retiring and he's done. So they yeah. had to wait until the, like the very, very last moment to LTIR Steen so they can get the most out of this 5.75 mil. Sure. So that's where Hoffman comes in, which going from Steen to Hoffman, you know, I love Alex Big. Steen. He's, he's been a great soldier. Big upgrade, big <laughs> upgrade. upgrade, big upgrade. <laughs> even though, even though he's the sieve on defense and doesn't particularly care for playing defense, it's fine. The blue, they'll be fine because Hoffman's the guy can crank it. He can absolutely yeah. crank one. He loves that Ovechkin circle, you know, taking yeah. those one timers and cracking them. He's got a hell of a shot. And uh, I think once he develops chemistry with Robert Thomas, you know, the next great center for the Blues, um, we, we both got Robert Thomas jerseys in the, uh, in, in the clown style for a reason. Uh, that's, that's the one right there. Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah Robert Thomas is going to be great. And I think he and Hoffman are going to make some, you know, beautiful music together. Okay. And now uh, just another question coming off what you said in the whole Petro answer. And just talking about who's coming up for the Kings or for the Blues, who's someone that really needs to take a step forward this season, who kind of has struggled or someone who really needs to take a step forward for the Blues this season. It could be a prospect that he finally needs to come in, like you mentioned, or it could be a guy that has supposed to been good and he just hasn't been. Who needs to take the step up and kind of on their last leg sort of thing? I, I think you have to look at, and it's not that he's played poorly, but I, I still go back to Vince Dunn. Uh, he's a guy that was highly touted uh, early on his career as a prospect. He's got, like Tom said, uh, he's an analytics darling. He's got so much upside, but he's been stuck on the third pairing for so long because at at times he's a defensive liability. And I've talked in the past on our show about how, you know, Colton Pareko is a guy that year over year has improved on an aspect of his game that was poor the year before, whether it was his his shooting, his defense, his, his coverage, whatever it is he notices it in a, in a year and then improves on it the next year. Whereas Vince Dunn, he, he's in year, you know, four or five now, and he's still hitting guys skates when he's the last man back on a power play and the puck's going the other way. So he hasn't really progressed on the same track as Pareko has. And it's, it's not fair to compare the two, but I am starting to see a little bit now that he is improving in those aspects. So he's a, he's a guy that has to step up. He's a, he was in arbitration. He, he's going to be looking for another new contract uh, next year. He needs to play well this year to really secure himself with the Blues or another team uh, coming into next year. So he, he's the guy in my mind that, that has to really step up this year. Uh, this year, it's kind of a, a little bit of a make or break year for Jordan Cairo for St. Louis. Um, not that he's been like bad or anything like that. The question with Cairo has always been, um, you know, just having the opportunity on the main roster as well as, you know, finding out how he fits in with the team. Uh, Cairo is super fast. The guy is he's, he's probably he would probably beat every other blue in a speed speed skating competition. He outskated he is, he is, Carlson on Monday night. 
He did. Well, I mean, Carlson's kind of broken lately, so you know, I don't know. I mean, he's 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 probably lost a little uh, zip on his fastball, as they say. But um, you know, Kyrie was very quick. He's got really good vision. He's had a really good start to the year so far. Um, you know, he's definitely passing the eye test. Um, he now has an opportunity with Tarasenko out. Um, you know, he's not going to be Tarasenko, obviously, but he's got the opportunity now to play top nine minutes, which is what he needs. He's not. He's never going to be a bottom six grinder type. Uh, and that's always been kind of the issue with Barubian players of that type, because as you may remember, uh, Robbie Fabry got shipped out to Detroit last year, an offensive minded player who was not exactly the most uh, um, enter- entertained about playing defense, let's just say. Um, and, and he just didn't play the Barubi style. So people were worried about that with Cairo. Um, Cairo has asserted himself a lot more. He seems a lot more assertive in general, which I think was a, Ruby complaints and something that he wanted Kairu to work on. He has, I know Kairu's never going to be a selkie guy on, you know, on the wing, but I mean, he is playing a lot more of a, uh, an assertive game this year. And I think he's going to be poised for big things this year, but a suspect you mentioned, you know, a, a blues prospect, maybe being a little suspect or needing to take the extra step. We're starting to get a little worried about Clem Costin. Uh, Clem Costin was the first round pick uh, from a few years ago. Uh, heavily hyped out of Russia. He was the top European prospect in the rankings that year, but he had a shoulder injury, so he slid to the 30, 31st. Uh, and I was excited about Clem Costin when they drafted him because he is a very aggressive, he is physical, He, and, but at the same time, he has good hands and good scoring ability. It's just for whatever reason, and and, and and he hasn't adjusted to the North American game. And it's been a couple of years. He didn't have a great year in San Antonio last year. And there's now a lot of questions about, okay, is he going to be a top six, you know, you know, power forward for the blues, or is he just going to be a bottom six banger? And it's kind of looking like the latter with Costin, which I mean, look, they're not all going to be winners. When you take a player 31st overall, you know, you don't get a ton of like real true blue superstars out of there. But at the same time, this is going to be a big year. Costin's playing overseas in the KHL this year just because of COVID and everything that's going on. He hasn't really gotten off to a great start. I think he's playing for what, Avangard, I think. I believe um, so. Yeah. And he's gotten off to a really slow start there. So it's just he's a guy that that we were really kind of starting to get worried about. Okay. Good to know again. And now, Tom, I know you have to get going quickly. I just got a couple more quick questions. Oh, you're first good. Of all, you're good. I, I, I just want to start with Jake Neighbors, first of all. Your first round pick from this year. What do you guys think about him? When do you guys see him coming to the NHL? Well, we well, think we, he's a great guy because we had him on the show earlier this year. Yeah, yes, we yeah, did. For sure. Yes, we did. He really, really good kid. Really good kid. He was he was really great to talk to. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Uh, and he's you can just kind of tell how driven he is. You know, he's he's a player that um, he may not be the most naturally talented player out there, but he is all heart. You know, he he gets results because of his heart and um, he, he he's he's got good enough tools to succeed. And it's not like, you know, he's, you know, a beer league or anything like that. You know, he's got he's got he's got tools. It's just maybe he's not he's not elite in any one category. Um, they've got him this year. They had him, you know, in for training camp, and I think he's going to be bound for Utica this year. On and the he's AHL. on the taxi squad right now. 
Yeah, for now, but oh, okay. I, but once the, once the AHL gets going, there's been talk that he'll be sent down there for uh, um, you know seasoning. Uh, of course, this year Utica is the yeah. Blues AHL affiliate. They're sharing them with the Canucks because yeah. Springfield decided we're not going to do hockey this year. So and, which is understandable. And, and, that's, that's their prerogative. Oh, for sure, for sure. And announced, I think it was just yesterday that. Canucks are shitting, are splitting Utica with St. Louis, and now yeah. Winnipeg is going to split the Jets with them, so they can send their players to there. So it's easier to call them up, so they don't have to quarantine and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, we were wondering, why I thought that was going to work because Utica's in New York, and you've got the border crossing there. So it sounds yeah. like maybe maybe the Canucks will send like their players are not counting on this it, year it, there for seasoning. It, it, it's it's kind of a throwback for the Canucks because their farm team before. Uh, before Utica was the Manitoba move. So it's kind of full circle back with them again. Yeah, that and, makes sense. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, one more question for you guys. What's that? Yeah. Sorry, I kind of cut out there for a second. One more quick question for you guys. We are a few weeks away from spring training. Is Yadier Molina going to resign? Or is it going to be weird <laughs> to see him in a different jersey? Uh, eventually he is going to be re-signed by the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> if he hasn't, if he hasn't been signed by somebody else at this point, uh, you know, we, we like, and I liken it to the fact that Vince Dunn was a guy that was kind of, is he coming back to the blues? Is he not? By the time it got, he got his contact contract signed. It was like, no one else wanted him. If they would have wanted him or been able to sign him, they would have done it by now. And I think Yachty's in that same situation. Teams aren't going to go for two years, which he's looking for. Uh, but I think yeah. the Cardinals will, uh, and and I, as we're talking about that, I see uh, I see the Bichette jersey behind you, but I also see the Springer jersey peeking up uh, behind nope. you there. And oh, is that Bell? Oh, oh, I, yeah. I thought it was a Springer I, one. I was I, like, I might ah. need to get a Springer jersey now. I might need to get a Springer jersey now. That was some big money up here. <laughs> I was going to say, are there are, are there a lot of Blue Jays fans up in Vancouver because they're Canada's team, I guess. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure there is. And actually, uh, the last few years, like COVID, has kind of messed it up. But summers of 2017, 18, and 19, I worked in media relations for the Vancouver Canadians, and nice. they're the and they're the only Canadian uh, minor league baseball team, and they've been the Jays affiliate for the last ten years. So a lot of the Jays prospects they get drafted and they come and start in Vancouver. So a lot of guys have come through here, like uh, Stroman, Cindergard, a bunch of them have co- have started in Vancouver on their way up. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, but to yeah. kind of, you know, you know, carry on what Wag was, was saying about Molina. Uh, of course, I work for KMOX, which is the mm-hmm. uh, uh, flagship for the St. Louis Cardinals. And the, yeah. the, it's a historic partnership. And I was talking to our sports director, Tom Ackerman, this morning. And, you know, I asked him, hey, Tom, when are the Blue, when are the Cardinals going to sign a big bat? And he's like, well, they're probably not going to sign a big bat. They'll get a, another infielder. Um, probably, you know, just to spell Matt Carpenter if because yeah. you know, he's getting older. Um, but then, like we were talking about, like what the projected lineup was going to look like. And without even thinking or without, you know, even quantifying it, he said, oh, Yadier Molina is going to hit six this year. <laughs> and so yeah. it just, it, he's he believes that it's it's and, and I think he believes what a lot of Cardinals fans believe. And that is it's going to be Cardinals or retirement for, for Molina. Yeah. And, I, and I think they'll bring back Molina. I, 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 yeah, I, I, don't, I honestly hope for that as well. I don't think they're. Uh, I don't think the Cardinals are ready for life without Molina quite yet. Because sure. life without Molina is at this point Matt Weeters and Andrew Kisner, who hasn't yeah, really developed. He hasn't really developed into the catching prospect some thought he would be. Yeah. Oh well. Now I gotta ask this quickly. Do you want Colton Wong back? Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Gold glove. He's a gold glove winner. Never uh, should have left. Never. And he he's the last year or so he's really developed into a solid hitter. May not be a leadoff guy, but he's a very solid on base guy. Uh, he, he's got some pop. And you know, second base it isn't the you know the, the the power hitting second baseman of of old, but they still you know ten to fifteen home runs works out for us and. When you have a an up the middle of, and I know he doesn't hit very well, but if you have a gold glove caliber Harrison Bader, Colton Long, yeah. Long up the middle with the young on the side, up to a Molina, I'll mm. take that. And then you got sure. Goldschmidt on the right on, on that side with first base. I, I love all the gold that's sitting there in the infield. For sure. Well, I will give you one fun fact quickly before letting you go here. I did. I grew up like in high school playing against Tyler O'Neill. There's oh, your fun. Really? Fact. Oh yeah. Really? Him and I are the same age and I've played for North Delta. He played for Langley. We played against each other all the time. So you got to see some of those like light tower power home runs that he, he likes to crank out now and then. Yeah, I got to see some. Yeah. He was, he was big then and he's just big now. And he was actually in like grade 10, he was like a catcher and then he moved to third base and then he moved to the outfield. His, well, his dad was Mr. Canada one year. I mean, there might be our Molina replacement right there. Just turn O'Neill into a catcher. That problem, problem oh, no. solved. Dude, those those legs, you want to keep that speed. He's hey, yeah. he's a gold glove winner now. Yeah, he is. That's true. He yeah. is gold glove winner Tyler O'Neill yeah. and his 200 strikeouts every season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Well, <laughs> Tom Wags, where can we find you guys on social media? Well, you can find us at Blue Notes Pod on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we just started a Facebook group uh, this week called the Blue Notes Bunch, which all you need to do is uh, just type in the Blue Notes Bunch on Facebook, and we are the only one there, I assure you. Um, <laughs> and it's just a place for uh, Blues fans to hang out, talk about the game during the game. And, uh, um, yeah, we encourage you to uh, follow us and uh, drop us a like, drop us a comment, all that fun stuff. And, of course, we are available on YouTube as well. We stream our episodes every Sunday night. Uh, we record our – we just do audio for our Thursday episodes, and you can find those every Monday and Thursday as well. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. I'm looking forward to doing this again. It's nice that our kind of schedule is kind of spread out over the course of the season. When I talked with the Soda Boys last week, I looked at the schedule. The Kings in Minnesota are done playing against each other at the end of February. Ooh, they play eight in January and February against each other. That's so, crazy. Yeah, it is. So I'm glad that we're spread out, and I'm looking forward to doing this again. Thank you for joining me here on the Kings Den. Well, we wish you guys, uh, we wish you guys luck on Saturday and Sunday, but not too much. <laughs> sounds sounds good. Looking <laughs> forward to it. Have a good one, guys. You as All well. Right, you Thanks. Too. That was Tom and Wags from the Blue Notes Pod. A great conversation with them. So definitely go check them out and check out their new episode as well dropping today because I went on their podcast a completely different conversation all about the Kings. So go check them out. Check the Blue Notes podcast out as well. And again, check out all of our great podcasts around the Hockey Podcast Network, all of our, the one for every team, all our original shows. Go check them out as well. As well. And don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, and review to every single one of them here at the Hockey Podcast Network. As always, before we let you go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Kingsden THPN. Don't forget to follow me, your host, Jordy Cunningham, on Twitter at CunninghamJordy or on Instagram at Jordy underscore Cunningham23. And, of course, don't forget to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram at HockeyPodNet. 
Don't forget to follow us on YouTube for all of our great video footage around the network. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon for just $1. You can find all of our exclusive bonus content. So go check us out there as well. Episode 14 of the King's Den. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday for episode 15.